This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Join you every morning at 8am UK time. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always everybody for tuning in. It means the absolute world. Uh, if you could drop a like, subscribe, all that lovely stuff. I suppose I should say a big thank you to everybody that's continued to help us over on the Arsenal way. We hit 100,000 subscribers over there yesterday, which is an unbelievable achievement, really, considering we started the channel just over two years ago. Um, so that was fantastic um, to see. And so thank you to everyone that kicked things off. You remember two years ago, I was like, let's like try and get the first 1,000 subs. I think you probably remember that. Some of you are in those first 1,000 subs of, of the Arsenal way, I know, and uh, all have your own numbers, which I hope that you remember as well. And uh, yeah, to see us get to 100k, unbelievable over there. So thank you to everyone that's helped support us on on the Arsenal way. Um, it, it means a lot. And of course, we'll continue to provide you with uh, with content uh, over there as well. Uh, but good morning to those joining us live in the chat box. Thank you for doing so. Glenn, good morning to you, to Alpha, to Vala, to Sabre. Good morning to Lars. Uh, good morning to Vala and Nyamdi and Maximius and Rob. We've got Amira and Darren and Stevie, Olawale, Colton, Jimbo, Viraj, Tom, Sweating, Merlot, uh, Martin, Stephen, Rowan, Pika Who, uh, Black Shine, Trader, uh, Joe, Old Dave, and plenty more of you guys as well. Thank you. Everyone for tuning in. Uh, it means it means a lot. Thank you uh, that you would do that and uh, and that also you'd drop a like uh, as well, that you'd continue to support us because that's just a nice thing to do, isn't it? Right. Um, shall we crack on with today's stories? Well, first of all, thank you for those that listened into yesterday morning's show. I was unable to do the show as usual at, uh, at 8 a.m. because, of course, we were live at London Colney uh, for the press conference. And uh, we're actually going to listen to a little bit of what uh, I spoke to the Arsenal manager about. So uh, sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll be able to hear this. Let me know in the chat box if you're not, but I'm hoping that you'll be able to hear the following exchange. Hi. Um, in the midfield, obviously, you've got a lot of experience for rotation. Jorginho, on any part, I know he's out, but there's some experience in that midfield. Is, is having players of that age bracket important in squad building? It is. I think age is something, but after the, the experiences that those boys had and the human, the human qualities of those are exceptional. 
So you just mentioned Mo. The way he lived those six, seven minutes that he was on the pitch, you know, after 10 months out, uh, the way everybody looks at him is just fundamental for me. I always say that he's one of the most important players because what he brings to the team, even when he's not playing every week. And all those players I mentioned, they are reaching towards the end of their contract lengths as well. And when it comes to planning for the future, is it important then to replace that experience again with experience? Or can you think it can be grown from within as well? Or maintain. Or maintain. <laughs> yes, for sure. And that will be part of the of the plan. I think it's something critical for our squad. And as well, the way the squad is designed and the profiles that we have, that, that they have always players there that uh, that can be role models of the field are very important as well that those players can as well be respected for what they do on the pitch and we have a few of them that are really good. And one player in the area that's doing really well away from the club is, is Charlie Patino. Mm -hmm. A lot of talk in the summer about he might look to, to move away to get more time permanently. Is there a pathway still for him at Arsenal to get back? There's always pathway and, and when we make decisions on those kind of players it's always to keep an eye on them and, and see can we evolve the squad in, in a way and the first thing that we do is look what we have internally. So that was uh, my exchange with Mikel Arteta at yesterday's uh, press conference, uh, asking him about kind of where we're at with the midfield. There was a lot of key themes that had already been touched upon in the press, like talking about injuries and, you know, Jesus. And we're going to talk about that, of course, as well. But uh, I was keen to kind of get his thoughts on a number of things about regarding specifically um, the midfield, because there is players like Jorginho, like Partey, like El Nenny, who's, you know, He's, uh, their contracts are coming towards a close. So is it important that you replace those players when they eventually do move on with players of similar experience or in the similar kind of age bracket? So uh, I, I think that was always important. I was curious to get his thoughts. And obviously, I know that a lot of us have discussed, I was talking to Clive about it yesterday and it actually inspired a bit of a question was, we talked yesterday with Clive about Charlie Patino and it's not really been talked about, um, to be honest. Charlie Patino's really impressive time with Swansea so far. So to, to hear Arteta saying that the pathway for him is, is still open uh, and that certainly, you know, that there is, um, they, they look to within, they look internally if there's solutions to what they want uh, from within the club, they look to that. So it's whether or not Patino, of course, would be happy with some potential minutes, um, you know, I guess because he's spoken in the media about Saliba and seeing the loan that he went on and what he's gone on to do as well as inspiration. So that's that's really positive as well. But Arteta talked about uh, a number of different topics uh, in the press conference as well. Of course, uh, injuries was a big part of, of, of any press conference and kind of hearing from the, uh, the manager on the likes of Thomas Partey, in which, of course, he confirmed that he would still be out for a few weeks. He says, I think he will be out for weeks. I don't know how long, but he's got another appointment today and we will see more after that. Now, uh, there was news that kind of perforated through uh, social media and the media yesterday evening suggesting that there is an aim and a hope that he might be back for the game against Luton at the start of December, which would be about five weeks, including the week that he's already missed being out. Really frustrating length of time, of course, for Partey to be missing again. Um, hopefully he returns soon, but... You never, ever know when that's actually going to be. He was asked about, he was asked by James Ollie if he thought there was a wider concern about the injury record that he's got. And he says it is a big concern because when Thomas is fit and available, he's been part of the team. 
We've seen the results and the impact that he had. And this season, we have more protection, especially for the reason because we know in the last two seasons what has happened and the result it has had on the team. We had to address that, and now it has happened. It can happen in football, and I'm so sorry for him because I think he is doing every single thing he can do right to be there. He was gutted, and we are for him, but he needs to lift himself up again with our support and go again because he's a player that is critical for us. So there you go. Um, really frustrating news about that. And says, Tom, why didn't you ask Arteta if you could walk, win the dog? It's, it's the, the wait still goes on, guys. But as I say, I'm at the next couple of presses. So fingers crossed. I'm gonna actually going to have a word with someone and be like, look, just... Just do me a favor and bring bring her along to one of them, please. I'm, I'm, I beg, I beg. Anyway, Erdegaard, he also spoke about the fact that obviously he's been playing with some some pain recently uh, in the squad. Um, and specifically, of course, he missed that game against uh, against Sheffield United. He was on the bench for the game, but obviously um, he, he didn't come on. I think he only would have come on in a, in a really specific scenario. If we really needed somebody off the bench to, to get us a goal. We didn't need that, so we didn't come on. He says, we rested him the other day, so it's how long we rest him for and how we manage him now with the minutes and the rhythm that he needs as well as to be at his best. So yeah, we had an opportunity to do it and we didn't use him at the end. That was a good upload for him. Uh, and he was asked about whether or not his rest is, is rest, uh, the only way to treat his injury by Mark Man Bryans. And he says it's not only that, but there's also a lot of things that you have to do. It's impossible to play with no niggles in football. And at his level, when you have uh, games every three days, it's impossible. If you try to do that, you better stay in bed because I don't know any players who are consistently perfect and to be in the best possible condition. So you have to adapt. So that's what he said regarding Odegaard. And then lastly, of course, uh, updates on on Jesus and the latest regarding his potential fitness as well. Uh, he was asked whether there's a time frame um, by Sky Sports, uh, and he said, "With him, I'm honestly not going to put any." Uh, time frame uh, because he did it once and got it totally wrong. Uh, we need to be cautious because he will need to be treated in the right way. He's already pushing everybody and wants to be back as quickly as possible and we need him. So that's great. Um, so it's kind of like he doesn't want to put like a four week, few week timeline against Jesus. And that's obviously positive because, you know, we want to see Jesus back as feasibly possible. And we know that he's got that ability, that kind of healing factor uh, Wolverine-esque, if you like, uh, to try and recover from these injuries quicker than we might see other people return from injuries. But yeah, let's let's keep those fingers crossed that Jesus can return faster than perhaps we might think. Um, now, uh, yes, it has happened. Uh, the Mirror reporting yesterday that Arsenal reportedly lining up a move for RB uh, Leipzig's Benjamin Seska. Uh, you know that I've raved about Seska for a little while now and uh, of course, he comes from the uh, the Rebel Salzburg pathway. But uh, finally, we see a credible uh, source here in the UK talking specifically about Arsenal potentially moving for the striker. He's an excellent player. He's got lots of potential. He's still raw in some senses and still certainly has lots to do to improve. He's only in his early, very early 20s. And so plenty and plenty and plenty more development still to be had by him. But for me, as I've mentioned before, I think that the right pathway um, 
is is to go for a young striker with a high ceiling rather than go for a 27-28 Watkins or Tony. I think the right pathway for Arsenal is to find a striker that's got an incredibly high ceiling and look to develop them alongside Jesus and allow the minutes to gradually improve. You know, you look at Hoyland at Man United, the emphasis on him is to come in and be the starter straight away. I think from an Arsenal perspective, if we can bring in a striker, because there aren't too many like elite level strikers out there for Arsenal to go and get. I don't see us getting Ozymen. You know, I don't see us going out and getting that calibre of strike. I just don't think it's going to happen. And so I think it's more likely that Arsenal should go for a striker that can offer you something now and move into a, a zone of, of real elite potential in the future. This won't be for January. I imagine it'll be more so for the summer if indeed Arsenal do uh, change their mind on the player. I'd be very surprised if indeed it, it happens. I don't think a striker will be on the agenda for January. I think it's much more likely we see a wide player um, or maybe a central midfielder come through the doors in January. But also you've got to make sure that you reshape the squad because we have a 25-man squad. And of course, that means that we're going to have to move players on before we can move players in. Otherwise, we're going to be leaving players out uh, and not registering them, which the club will not want to do considering you have to pay their wages, etc. So maybe some loans, maybe some early termination of deals, like in the case of Cedric, is what will happen. Now, of course, we do play West Ham United this evening. So just a quick look at the team that I'd like to see uh, out there. I would make significant rotations for this game. I think that Arteta won't make as, any, as many rotations as this, but I think that we have the ability to make this many rotations. So my team is Ramsdale in goal, of course. Uh, ben White at right back. Kivio at right-sided centre-back like he did away at Newcastle last season. Had that fantastic game. Gabriel alongside him. He was rested at the weekend, so he should be fully fit to come in. Zinchenko comes in because I quite like to see Tommy Asu start against Newcastle on Saturday. Elneny and Jorginho at the base of the midfield providing that passing foundation with Smith-Rowe playing at the 10. Uh, Saka gets a rest. Of course, he's still come back from that injury, so I'd quite like to see Saka get uh, a rest in this game. You could use Nelson if you want. I've gone with Vieira because I like having the left footer on that right-hand side. I know it's not his best position, um, but I think that Arteta likes to have a left footer on the right, and Vieira is obviously the, the, the obvious pick when you want that style continued. You could put Havertz, but I've got Havertz playing at centre-forward to rest Eddie ahead of the weekend, and then Trossard on the left-hand side. You could play Nelson again. Nelson could be in any of those front three positions. Uh, sorry, the, the, the wide positions. Um, maybe even at 10. It's not something that I'm, I'm too averse to, is seeing Nelson play more internally. But um, yeah, I'd make significant rotations. It's not about not taking this game seriously. It's nothing to do with that. I think Arsenal, when we talked about this, actually, when I did Dan's podcast last night on the 12th Man podcast, I said, we've spent all this money. We talk about how much money is Arteta has spent as a manager. We can't then say, well, why would you rotate? Well, the idea is, is that you've spent loads of money, so you should have the squad to be able to rotate and make changes for these types of games and then not say that, well, you're not taking the, the competition seriously. Trust me, you're taking the competition seriously if you're spending hundreds of millions of pounds strengthening the depth of your squad if you can then make changes to be still competitive when you make those changes. So that's why we've spent the amount of money that we have. So you can't complain one minute about Arteta spending loads of money and then the next minute say, well, you've got to go full strength against West Ham because you can't not take this competition seriously. That's not how it works. That's a contradiction. And so therefore, you need to be able to make changes and still have a very competitive side to uh, to use against the opposition. So that's my team. But if you're watching on Catch Up, let me know your thoughts on what you'd go with for tonight's game in the comment section down below. But we're going to jump into the chat box now and go through your questions right after this. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's jump, shall we, into the chat and uh, see what we can get regarding some questions from you guys. Matty says, Cedric at right back, not for me. That's that's too weak. <laughs> that's too weak. And Ben White is a is a soldier. You know, Ben White is, is very good at maintaining a, a top-level performance, even though perhaps that, you know, he's played a lot of minutes already. There's, he's not a player that you, I have too much of an issue loading more minutes into. You can take him off in the second half if you want to. I've got no issue with, with playing Benny Blanco at all. Uh, Processes, do we think that Sesco has a higher ceiling than Balogun and Nketiah? Well, Balogun, we don't even need to worry about. He's gone. Um, but Nketiah, uh, it's difficult to know. You know, It's difficult to know at this stage. I think that there is certainly potential for him to be a better, more rounded striker that offers you a greater variety than what Nketiah does. But it's not guaranteed at this stage. And that's why I said that we have to wait until the summer before we make any you know, real final decisions on a centre forward that we should be looking to uh, to bring in. Um, Arsenal for Lysis, do you think we'll see any academy players on the bench for tonight's game? Maybe, because obviously we've got some injuries. Maybe there'll be some young players there, maybe one. Um, but I, I still, we've, we've got most of our senior squad still fit. It's only three players that are missing. So you've still got 22 senior players that are available to choose from. So I'd be surprised maybe a bit if there was a youth player on the bench. Um, Byron says, Tom, what do you think about playing Kivior at six? Uh, he's good on the ball and has a great passing range with a decent technical ability. Um, I think that he's played defensive midfield, hasn't he, uh, in the past for Spezia. Uh, he's played a number of positions. He's a versatile player. and That's why we signed him. Um, but I, I, I don't think that we need to because we've got a lot of depth in that six position. So I'm not sure that we need to play him in that role and just risk, you know, a first time appearance for Arsenal in that position yet. But I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I don't think we necessarily need to do that because we've got plenty of uh, plenty of, of options already. Um, for as Tom, for you, do you see Partey's transfer as a success or not? Yeah, I do because he's been part of um, Arsenal's progression from a team that was, you know, regressing under Uno Emery initially, and then obviously fell out of things. And Arteta had to arrest that slide, and gradually Partey became part of that group that challenged for a title last season and showed and raised people's expectations as well. So yes, it has been, and it's been part, it's been an important part of that journey back to competing at the very top of things once again. Um, Jason, what are your thoughts on getting Isaac and Olmo? Isaac, you're not going to get out of Newcastle. Olmo is a very good attacking midfielder. I'm just not sure where he plays for us because we've got so many attacking midfield options at the moment anyway. If you're going to sign an attacking player, for me, it would be more of an inverted right winger to give you more competition for, for Bakaya Saka. Uh, Sam says, are you going tonight to the game, Tom? I am indeed. Uh, and Sam says that he's sat with the West Ham fans. Well, good luck with that, mate. Uh, I am indeed going to be at the game. I'll be working 
um, to, uh, to to bring the live blog, of course. If you're not able to attend, you're not able to watch, make sure you tune into our live blog that I'll be running over on football.london. Uh, Lucas says, Tom, why are there no mics for the reporters at the press conference? I don't know. I don't know if it's a technical thing. Uh, I, it's just it's just not. It's just not a thing. Um, it just doesn't. It doesn't happen. So uh, maybe it's something that they could do. Maybe I'll, I'll, you know, drop a little suggestion in. Maybe that's something. But you know, it would be like it's like that in every press conference, really. So uh, I just don't think it's it's that feasible. They could point like a wide ranging mic towards the. I want to say the audience, just the seat. Um, but uh, yeah, they just don't have microphones for the reporters. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm sorry that it's it's quiet when you hear us talking compared to what it is for Arteta. Um, Yasin says, do you know when the FA Cup draw is scheduled? I think it's like December or late November. I think it's in that period. So we should hopefully find out our opponents in the next couple of months or so. Uh, Mr. Reese says, how strong do you think Newcastle will go against Man United considering they play us this weekend? I still think they'll go strong because I think that they'll look at the fact that that Carabao Cup is a, an opportunity. I think they'll think that Man United are, are beatable as well. So, yeah, I think that there is. And they want revenge, of course, for that final defeat uh, last season. So, uh, I think they'll go relatively strong uh, and try to beat Man United. I think they certainly will. So, yeah. Um, Ali says, why is Ozzyman often ruled out as a possibility? Entering the final year of his contract, our squad is strong. We need quality, not quantity. We already agree. Uh, we already are being linked with Tony and Neto, who would cost more. Uh, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't cost more. Uh, Ozzyman is going to cost you upwards of 100 million. There's also suggestions that contract talks are currently underway as well. Uh, and that Napoli might even uh, agree a new deal with him. So there's a number of reasons why Ozzyman is often kind of looked at as, as a bit of a unicorn, if you like, because it's, it's not reachable. Um, so... I think that the idea that he'd cost less than Tony and Neto, no, uh, I don't think he would. Um, uh, I think uh, I think he would cost a lot more than Neto and Tony. I think that's what I just said. Yeah, Tony and Neto would cost less uh, than what Ozymen would cost. I know you're talking about the length of his contract, but there is suggestions that um, that he would sign a brand new contract as well. So that's that's currently what's circulating around Italian media right now. Um, Phil says, is Walters a right-sided centre-back or a right-back? He can play both. Uh, he's played a lot at right-sided centre-back for the youth team because we've had other other players that have been obviously been used at that, that right-back slot, Charlie Sweet, for instance. Um, but he can play both. I think he can play that right-back role in the hybrid position that Arteta quite likes. But at the moment, our right-back role for Ben White is to overlap and get forwards and, and support Saka. So it's not as hybrid as it used to be. I think it's becoming a lot more traditional, that right-back role. Uh, in the current Arsenal senior side. Uh, Tom says, in France press conferences, they pass the mic around, the journalists, so you can hear the question. Uh, it shouldn't be that hard for clubs to to get hold of one. I genuinely, I don't know. I don't know why there's not a, a microphone or why they've not uh, done that yet. Maybe, as I say, maybe I'll have a word <laughs> and I'll ask why that doesn't happen because I know that you guys would like to be able to hear maybe more clearly what the questions are being said. Uh, Mel says, Tom, whatever happened to Miguel Aziz? Uh, he's back at the club. He's playing with the under-21s at the moment. He was on the bench for their last game, uh, their 6-3 win. Uh, they had Amario Koja Dubri scoring a fantastic goal in that game. But he was on the bench for that. He's just sadly not been able to fulfill his potential. Um, and he's been on loans. He's not been able to fulfill those those potentials. He's been at Ibiza. He's been to Wigan, two very different places. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he's he's just sadly not been able to fulfill that. And that I think that is a good case study of, you know, fans get very attached, not maybe not attached, but they hype up young players quite quickly. And actually, in reality, the chances of young players making it through to the elite level 
it's so slim. Like it's really slim. Like we look at we, teams have youth academies because um, you want to be able to produce talent. And, and if there weren't youth academies, we wouldn't have players. They need to exist. But the, the you know the 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 success rate of an academy group making it through to a, a senior Arsenal position is exceptionally low. And that's why you often see loans to lower league clubs to um, teams abroad as well at lower levels in in smaller leagues as well. And it's very rare that you are able to really see um, young players make it at the elite level. Arsenal have been very fortunate to have a lot come through recently with Nelson and Nketiah and Smith-Rowe and, uh, and of course, Bukai Saka. So, you know, it's, it's quite incredible how many youth players Arsenal are able to bring through into their team. Um, but uh, uh, I think that it's just it's just a good example, I think, Miguel Aziz, of, of that being a a situation whereby, again, we've hyped somebody up quite highly and he's become very well known and he was doing okay in friendlies, but he's not been able to fulfil his chances when they've been given to him when he's gone out on loan, sadly. Um, Derek says, if Bruno Gamarash gets booked, uh, is he out for Saturday? He's on four yellows. No, he wouldn't be. If he got a red card in tonight's game, he would be, but yellows only count for Premier League games. So if he got a yellow tonight, it wouldn't count um, and he would still be available to play against us on Saturday. So he'd need to get sent off for this game to be unavailable for the game against us on Saturday. Alfie says, Tom, are there any exciting youth prospects that we could see make a first-team appearance this season? Of course, Miles Lewis-Skelly, uh, Ethan Nwaneri continue to be talked about as the highest-rated Amario Koja-Dubri, of course, as well. There are a number of them that, that look, look quite good. We've obviously brought a number of those youth players to some of those games before Charlie Sweet, for instance, came along to the uh, uh, the, the, the Brentford game as well. So Sago Jr., of course, made his debut in that game as well um, and has continued to, to look quite good. So there are obviously names that are out there. I'm just trying to jog my memory as well because there's a couple of others that are, are making uh, kind of some waves recently as well in the youth sides. But uh, let me try and find who's the lineup for the last under 21 game, and then it will jog my memory. Uh, uh, Bradley Ibrahim's a good player uh, as well. Of course, Kion Edwards is a striker. I'm not sure that he's going to get an opportunity. I'm not sure if necessarily he's going to make it. We've already talked about um, Walters. Uh, Carl Hine actually played in their last PL2 game to get him some minutes as well. Obi Martin's a name uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, he is certainly a name that you should be familiar with. So keep an eye on Obi. Uh, he's a very exciting young player that you should be certainly aware of as well. Uh, we've got some super chats to talk about. Uh, Shlamed says, for the first time ever, you're live when I'm home instead of working at 1am in California. For me, thank you for my uh, to my Arsenal dad. <laughs> well, thank you for the very kind donation and kind words, but uh, I'm no dad yet. Not yet. One day, maybe. Uh, Junior Gunner says, uh, respect. Um, but so far, Kai has been a terrible signing, says Junior Gunner. Thanks for the uh, the kind of donation. But uh, I think there's a lot more to come from Kai Havertz, and hopefully you can prove that. Uh, Crucitus has been a member now, uh, has, has become a brand new member. Uh, thank you for the kind support, mate. Really appreciate that. And welcome to the TTT family. Uh, and Shlamed, thank you so much for being a member for one month as well. So thank you. Uh, always great to celebrate the uh, the TGT community. Uh, Zudo says, Tom, would you go for Matoma as a backup for Saka? Well, Matoma's more of a left-sided player, and I'm not sure that he would want to be a backup. Um, I think if he was to move to any team, he'd want assurances there with the amount of games that he's going to play. And that's why I think that he has ultimately signed that new deal with, with Brighton, because he knows he's playing regularly. He's getting plenty of game time. He's going to play for his country. Um, and if he moves, it's going to be for a hell of a lot of money. So, yeah, I, I don't think that Matoma is the right choice for a Saka 
competitor, to be honest. Uh, Sam says, do you think that Hein will go to second choice if Ramsdale leaves? No, I don't think so. I think they would look to bring in a goalkeeper if Ramsdale leaves. But uh, that's not decided yet. We're not at that stage yet. We might reach that stage in the future, but not at the moment. That is not where we're at right now. Uh, Rob Bob says, Declan Rice to wear the captain's armbands. I do expect Rice to probably start tonight's game. Arteta was very open about the fact that he's likely uh, to feature tonight, whether it's off the bench or not. We'll have to wait and see. But I think that Arteta might go a bit stronger than people are considering. But I also think he will make a few changes. Um, but I think he may use some key players that people aren't maybe expecting to use. Maybe we'll see Martinelli. Um, maybe we will see Rice. Maybe Saliba starts this game. Um, and, you know, so I think there's there's a chance. Maybe even Odegaard starts this game after being rested at the weekend. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But uh, Saka even, you know, Saka always wants to play. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I don't think Declan Rice will be wearing the captain's armband tonight. But I am interested to see what it's like seeing Rice play for Arsenal at the London Stadium. That's going to be very interesting indeed. Uh, Ant says, what did you make of Arteta's comments on Partey being injured yet again? Pretty, you know, self-explanatory. I think that, you know, he's a player that continues to have these problems and I think that it hinted towards um, decisions needing to be made in the future as well. Uh, Phil says, who is better, Carl Hine or Alex Runner-Runnison? Well, you'd argue that Alex Runnison is, is probably a better goalkeeper because he's more senior than, than Carl Hine. Um, he's currently on loan in Cardiff, I think, this season. And I don't really know how he's got on. I haven't really been able to catch up on, on what Runnison's been doing, if he's playing or not. But you know, I know that Runnison's got this reputation at Arsenal for being a pretty dodgy goalkeeper and he has made mistakes at Arsenal. But he is more senior than, than Carl Hine. He is playing regularly at a senior level. Um, so, you know, you, you even with the, the reputation, you have to lean into to Runnison to answer that question. And Alfie says, Tom, do you think there were any mentions of potential future captaincy in the negotiations with uh, Declan Rice joining Arsenal. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think that necessarily would have been part of it. I might be wrong, but I think, you know, it was always going to be about his role in the Arsenal team, what his expectations are, what Arteta planned to do with him, how he was going to make him a better player. I don't think captaincy was really being discussed because Arsenal already have a very young captain in Odegaard. We're already seeing another young player in Bakaya Saka seemingly get the armband after him as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, that captaincy was really featuring too heavily in conversations, and I think that's been evidenced by the fact that Saka got the armband before, say, Rice did uh, for the first time. Uh, Oli says, hey, Tom, I know that you wouldn't like this, but I think Mikel dropped Erdegaard due to perform and just protecting him at the presses. I see him starting tonight. Um, no, I can tell you for a fact that the, that's not the case. Erdegaard is injured. I spoke to Bakaya Saka after the game against Sheffield United, and Saka turned around and was very open and honest that Erdegaard had spoken to him personally and said that he's been suffering with some pain in his hip. So, uh, And that's been confirmed by other sources as well. Uh, he, he does have an injury. It's nothing to do with dropped because of form. It is resting uh, with an existing injury that has been there for a number of weeks now. And that is the facts. Uh, so we can stop the conspiracies. Uh, there is uh, an injury for, for Erdegaard. So there you go. I'm going to scroll up in the chat box a bit because I feel like I might have missed some questions earlier on in the show. Uh, let's go up to see how high we can go up in the chat box. Um, Arsenal for license. I'm glad to hear that Charlie Patino could come back to Arsenal, um, which I, I agree with. I think that he could. Um Kirill says that I finished your call-in show, Tom, the other day. I absolutely loved it. Right, a 10 out of 10. We'll be doing plenty more phone-in shows in the coming weeks, so don't you worry about that. Um, let's go up a little bit more. Uh, nice. I made the roll call, says old Dave. Thought I'd overslept. It's every day at 8am. People know the time. Set your alarms, people. Come on. Easy, easy. And all the while, this is Tom. I loved your uh, content yesterday on the 12th Man podcast. It's always a pleasure to join on with Dan. It was kind of a 
very different. I'm not used to being in those situations where there's kind of a lot of debates going on and different views flying around. But I think we handled ourselves pretty good. I think the TGT family represented themselves well in the chat box as well. And uh, it was a good discussion. You know, I, I always encourage people with different views a little bit like Northside to come on to the, the phone-in shows. We sadly don't get enough people um, who disagree with me jumping on to those shows. And it's, it's a nice kind of challenge sometimes talking about topics that are more you know more challenging to talk about so if you uh if you haven't checked out yesterday's show on on, on dan potts's 12th man podcast i recommend you do it was a it was an engaging listen is probably the best way of describing it um derek says tom i believe smith will be moved on it really doesn't bring anything to the team and i like him but there is an opportunity to add some more impactful players i, I think that we are probably moving closer to the idea that smith will be bought out by somebody else a villa a west ham and you know, some of these teams, I think, are more likely to go for Smith Rowe so he can get more minutes, and he may choose to do that. But it's going to be emotional for him and for the fans. I just don't think necessarily the pathway is as clear as it as it was. I'm not sure that his profile fits what Arteta wants uh, either, uh, which is a shame. But uh, he's a very talented player, and he will succeed, I'm sure, somewhere else where he gets a lot more emphasis on on playing time. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, it really means the absolute world that you've done so. Um, so please do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel if you're new and to turn those notifications on so you never miss a show. Please do, of course, uh, go and check out the Arsenal way as well. We'll be bringing you plenty of content in the fallout to the game against West Ham tonight. We'll, of course, be doing the live blog over on football.london so you can watch and follow the live blog over there as well thank you everybody it's great to see you stay safe stay well stay positive and uh enjoy the rest of your day and the game tonight as well and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.